106.9 FM. Hello and welcome to Tantrum Our Report on CHMA 106.9 FM and chmafm.com. We're broadcasting from Sackville, New Brunswick, the heart of the Maritimes, on the traditional and unceded lands of the Mi'kmaq people. I'm Erica Butler. It's Thursday, February 8th. On today's show... That, you know, uh, felt like a punch in the gut. Like, I, I was pretty shocked that, that there, there weren't uh, more plans in place. Memram Cook-Tanchamar MLA Megan Mitten found out last week that the provinces of New Brunswick and Nova Scotia have just started contingency planning for the possibility of flooding on the Chignacto Isthmus because it could take about 10 years before a protection solution is built. Mitten made the discovery while questioning DTI Deputy Minister Rob Taylor at a legislative committee meeting. We'll hear more from Taylor and Mitten coming up shortly right after some local news and information briefs. An investigation by the Nova Scotia Serious Incident Response Team has cleared members of the Amherst Police of criminal wrongdoing after a driver they were pursuing crashed into a house, injuring himself and a female passenger in the vehicle. The CERT report says that in the early morning of October 17th last year, the male driver of a vehicle fled from the police at a high rate of speed. Police followed in a marked vehicle with lights activated. The vehicle crashed into a house, resulting in serious injuries to the male driver and female passenger. The CERT is an independent office responsible for investigating all police actions that result in serious injuries or death. A 37-year-old Amherst man is facing numerous charges after a string of incidents in Amherst that ended when the suspect was arrested in New Brunswick. In a media release, Amherst police say they received multiple calls last Thursday about a suspicious person on private property in town. They say officers spoke to a man twice and provided some assistance. Later in the day, they say they received more calls regarding suspicious activity and attempted break-ins. And that evening, a bucket truck was reported stolen from a driveway in Amherst. The truck was tracked all the way to Oromocto, New Brunswick, where Robert Robley was arrested by New Brunswick RCMP. Robley was later transferred back to Amherst and charged with multiple crimes, including break and enter and theft. Now for today's feature. Last Friday, during a public accounts committee meeting at the New Brunswick Legislature, Memram Cook-Tanchmar MLA Megan Mitten had a chance to question Department of Transportation and Infrastructure Deputy Minister Rob Taylor about the department's progress with the protection of the Chignacto Isthmus. The project only received a passing mention in one of the annual reports that DTI presented to the committee, and Taylor admitted that progress has been slow in the two years since an engineering consultant's report was released outlining options for the project. I will say that uh, I have the same mindset that not a lot of progress has happened on this. I mandated the team to come up with a uh, critical pass schedule uh, that we could actually identify what activities are slipping or what can we actually get done in the interim while we are waiting for this federal funding that we're all hearing about. Um, I can also tell you that um, our teams are in-person meeting with Nova Scotia once a month, and I believe they have weekly meetings to try and move this project along. We've engaged more and more experts. I am pushing the team for definite dates on things because we can always say in six months and six months and six months, then five years down the road, we're not any further along. So we are pushing for definite dates. Um, the federal government is starting to appreciate the importance of this, uh, knowing that we went to Senate and had the opportunity and that Senator Quinn is a big advocate for this project. Um, I believe the past six months and going forward, you will see a lot more progress on this project. Taylor also told Mitten and the committee that DTI has brought in natural solutions advocates on their team and were now considering a hybrid of natural and man-made solutions 
to protect the isthmus. But one local expert, Dr. Jeff Allerhead of Mount Allison University, says he has never received a call from the, the department about the project. Mitten asked about contingency planning for the project, which only recently became a priority for DTI. Taylor said that the two provinces were now working on interim alternatives because the project is expected to take about a decade to complete. Uh, unfortunately, uh, no, there was not significant contingency planning. I think uh, the, the progress that we're making right now is the fact that there are these in-person meetings happening with Nova Scotia. Uh, it takes two to, to connect the, uh, the alternate route there, whatever that happens to be there. Uh, so I apologize. It was not prioritized more having contingency plan or alternate route. Uh, we do identify it now as one of our top priorities because um, with the 10-year time frame to turn something around, we definitely need a solution in the interim. Uh, so I apologize that nothing was done before that. Uh, but honestly, yes, uh, the past six months we've made a push on it. Uh, but unfortunately, not much before that. That's New Brunswick Department of Transportation and Infrastructure Deputy Minister Rob Taylor responding to questions from MLA Megan Mitten in a public accounts committee meeting on Friday, February 2nd. This week, CHMA called up Mitten to find out more about what she heard on February 2nd and get an update on her work. It's kind of fitting that it was Groundhog Day uh, because it felt like uh keep hearing the same thing over and over. Um, you know, things are moving slowly. Basically, they're still at the, the very beginning of things. But what really stood out to me is that we found out that there was no contingency plan uh, in place for, for what happens if the dikes breach. And, and they only started looking at that about six months ago. And so that, you know, uh, felt like a punch in the gut. Like I, I was pretty shocked that, that there, there weren't uh, more plans in place. Um, and it feels like, you know, whether it's the Trudeau government, the Higgs government and governments before them, that they clearly have not made this a priority. Uh, and it's so insulting because not only is it, you know, transportation cor- corridor and there's telecommunications, but there's people's lives at risk, let alone farmers' fields and our homes and businesses, people's lives are at risk in our community. And so um, it's, it's, um, it's more than frustrating that, that things are just moving so slowly. Mm-hmm. There was talk that there was some planning for possible alternative routes and things like that. It did. Were you able to find out anything more about what they're doing now uh, in terms of having a, a contingency plan in place? Because we know that the protection of, uh, of the uh, transportation corridor will take a long time. Um, my guess is that they'd be using like the Tidnish Road, um, but... Um, the deputy minister didn't go into details in committee. Um, he did commit to meeting with me, um, and so his office has reached out, and we're we're setting up a meeting. So I'm I'm hoping to get more details, and um, and you know I w- I want this information though shared publicly. It shouldn't just be me that finds out what's happening. Um, our community deserves to know what's happening in terms of progress and what's happening in terms of plans to to keep us safe. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, does that mean we're, we're, we're looking at maybe a public meeting in our future? Well, I'm, I'm always in the process of, of planning uh, public meetings, but um, that's certainly something to consider if, there's, if they, you know, actually give me some information to work with. 
Okay. At the very least, we'll give you a call after that meeting happens. Sounds good. Um, There was also some mention uh, about a possible doing some consultation regarding natural solutions to incorporate into that project, um, which is something Mm -hmm. new that I hadn't heard before. Um, Was that something new to you? And and did you find out anything else about that? The idea of consulting experts on that is not new to me. This is something that I have taken to... um, DTI minister after DTI minister, and that I and that I've taken to Deputy Minister Taylor before. Um, the fact that they're actually following up on it finally after years was news to me. So I don't know the details um, of of what they're doing, but what I do know is that I have shared uh, the names of researchers like uh, Jeff Allerhead, uh, for example, um, who have who have studied. Um, these ecosystems um, and, and solutions. And so um, I don't know exactly, uh, I guess I'll find out in this meeting, I don't know exactly um, what they're doing, but I'm glad that they're, they're actually um, starting to listen to, to what the, those experts are saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, they, I did hear them say that they, they weren't really talking to farmers, though, and farmers' fields are like, right there. And so I do find that frustrating because that is something that I've also brought to, to previous ministers. So um, I, I, you know, I mentioned to them, for example, Shignecto Soil and Crop Improvement Association would be a good place to start. Uh, but they, you know, there needs to be more engagement of, of stakeholders, of people who live here. Um, and and unfortunately, that, that just hasn't been happening. Um. Anything else that you wanted to, uh, you know, talk about today, Megan, in terms of, you know, what you're working on this month? Uh, I know the legislature doesn't, the next session doesn't start till March. Um, but yeah, what's what's going on in, in the life of an MLA right now? Yeah, so uh, I, I was in Fredericton for committee. I'll be going back for more committee uh, in February. Um, planning some some events uh the leader of the green party david coons going to be uh coming to to the area uh to to talk about health care um later in february um and i am you know looking to keep my commitment to uh plan more meetings where i invite horizon back to talk about health care and um We've gone back and forth in terms of scheduling, but it's looking like there'll, there'll be a meeting in April um, at this point. So, you know, that is a, a, a top priority for me. Um, there are so many people who um, don't have access to primary health care, uh, and some lost their health care a while ago. Dr. Long's patients come to mind. Some some lost uh, access more recently, um, but it's it's you know a growing concern and so that's that's absolutely top of mind and and something that i'm i'm advocating for uh we need the government to to approve the budget request um that was made by horizon to fund the primary health care clinic in tantramar so that's something that um i'll be looking for in the budget absolutely all right thanks very much megan i appreciate it and anything else you wanted to add I think I, I do want to add one more thing. There, there's such a sense of um, being in crisis in a lot of different avenues. I mean, we've talked about healthcare. We've talked about 
uh, climate crisis. Uh, when I look at housing and affordability, um, so many people are struggling right now. And, and I guess I just want to acknowledge that there, there are so many people um, struggling to find housing, struggling to pay their rent. We need a rent cap brought in once again to help protect the affordable housing that exists and um and to stabilize things um you know i was just on a call last night with with acorn um and in new brunswick and they were uh, talking about uh, issues uh, around tenants uh tenants rights and so many people were speaking up and and talking about the amount of stress they have not knowing what's coming next and it's just unacceptable um, things are, are so tight for people. We need a rent cap. And I guess I'll add, you know, not everyone's a renter. Some people have a, a home and we need to make the property tax system make sense. Um, it, it certainly doesn't. I don't think anyone trusts it. And uh, I, I've seen the province, the Higgs government, try to put it all on municipalities, um, put the onus on them, but the provincial government needs to, to really own that. And, uh, and again, make it make sense, because it just doesn't. That's Memram Cook Tanchamar, MLA, Megan Mitten, speaking with CHMA on Wednesday. That's it for Tanchamar Report for Thursday, February 8th. Get in touch with CHMA News anytime at news at chmafm.com. I'm Erica Butler. Thanks for listening. I'm Angela, and you're listening to CHMA. Hey, do you want to make a real impact in the Black community? Join us where we connect you with Black-led organizations from all around the world. Get ready to get involved. Find the organization based on the location of interest. Follow us at supportblackcharities.org. Hi, I'm Estelle, and you're listening to CHMA in Sackville, New Brunswick. And here's Brian Nielsen with your CHMA Sports Update. This is your CHMA Sports Update for Thursday, February 8th. Last night in the NHL, there were just three games. The Toronto Maple Leafs hold on to beat the Dallas Stars 5-4 in downtown Toronto. New York Rangers with a 3-1 victory over the visiting Tampa Bay Lightning. And the Minnesota Wild beat the Chicago in Chicago 2-1 over in the association. We had seven games last night. The Raptors string together another W with a 123-117 victory over the Charlotte Hornets. Cleveland Cavaliers 114-106 victory over the Washington Wizards. Warriors on the road beat the Joel Embiid less 76ers 127-104. Canadian Andrew Wiggins the leading scorer there with 21 points and 10 rebounds. Atlanta Hawks lose in Boston to the Celtics 125-117. Heat beat the Spurs 116-104 in Miami. The Pelicans with the nine-point victory 
on the road against the Los Angeles Clippers. And lastly, a bit of a surprise here, the Detroit Pistons register their seventh win of the season. That makes them 7-43 and 43 on the season for a 14% winning percentage with a 13-point victory over the Sacramento Kings. Uh, Jaden Ivey, former Purdue Boilermaker with 37 points in that one. And coming up tomorrow, we got basketball at home. Mount St. Vincent is coming to town to the McCormick Gym to play the Mounties women at a 5 p.m. tip-off and the men at a 7 p.m. tip-off. And the women's ice hockey team is on the road in Moncton. That is your CHMA Sports Update for Thursday, February 8th. And that was Brian Nielsen with your sports update. Don't forget to tune in weekdays 8, 9, 12, and 5 for Brian's sports update. And of course, listen to the morning show Mondays, 7.30, about 9. And there's also some sports commentary at 8.30. Thanks so much, Brian. Miller, Kay Miller, and Zia Gopal. We are at Sappy Fest. And you are listening to CHMA 106.9 in Sackville, New Brunswick. Why, thank you, Jordy and Kate. How very kind of you for that introduction. You just heard from Brian Nielsen with your sports update, and before that was Erica Butler with your Tantramar report. So thank you too very much for those ever-informative minutes. Always, always appreciated. Happy Thursday, everyone. Happy Thursday, and welcome to the Late Morning Show here on CHMA 106.9 FM in Sackville, New Brunswick. Broadcasting live to all of you beautiful CHMA listeners from the third floor of the Wallace McCain Student Center, otherwise known as the Mount Allison Student Center. The time is currently 9.18, and I have a local weather update for you all. So, it is minus 4 degrees out currently, a mix of sun and cloud today, uh, wind reaching speeds of 15 kilometers an hour with a high of minus 1, and a wind chill of minus 15 this morning and minus 3 this afternoon. A few clouds this evening with a low of minus 12 and a wind chill of minus 15 overnight. Tomorrow, Friday, we've already almost made it to Friday. How exciting is that? Sunny, becoming a mix of sun and cloud in the afternoon tomorrow with wind around 15 kilometers an hour again. A high of zero and a wind chill of minus 15 in the morning. And then in the evening, cloudy with a low of minus six. And then on Saturday to kick off the weekend right a mix of sun and cloud and a high of plus four so getting a little warmer out there cloudy with a low of zero in the evening and then on sunday cloudy with a high of plus four and cloudy in the evening on sunday with 30 percent chance of either rain showers or flurries with a low of minus three and then looking towards next week monday looks to be more of the same, a mix of sun and cloud with a high of plus two and cloudy with a low of minus seven. And then on Tuesday and Wednesday, looks like we will be most likely getting some snow. 
with a high of minus two on Tuesday uh, and a low of minus five and then a high of minus three on Wednesday. But we'll be sure to keep you updated on just how much snow we're going to be getting. What's the chances of that snow uh, impacting your daily activities? All right, everyone. How about I do a short local announcement? Uh, or maybe two. Maybe two local announcements before we get into the show and get things rolling. So... Just in time for the Valentine's season, Punch and Judy, the eternally bickering couple, introduce three original love stories. They ask, if there's a choice to be made, will it be love? So, this is a new play, Let It Be Love, by Sue Rose, presented as part of Tantramar's Winterfest celebration. Playing Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, so starting tonight at 7.30pm, and then also on Sunday at 2pm. Tickets are $20 for adults and $10 for students and seniors and can be purchased by phone with a credit card at 506-536-2248. Tickets can also be reserved at that number and they will be held at the door until 15 minutes before showtime where you can pay with, uh, with credit card or cash. They can also be purchased online at livebaittheater.com. All right, that sounds awesome. That should be a great time. Once again, starting tonight at 7.30 p.m. For more details, you can go to livebaittheater.com. And then lastly, we have uh, the Sackville Film Society tonight at 7.30 p.m. They're showing the movie Godland, uh, directed by Hilner Palmason at the and, and this is a little uh, a little blurb about it. At the end of the 19th century, a young Danish priest is sent to a remote part of Iceland. The deeper he travels into the Icelandic landscape, the more he loses a sense of his own reality, his mission, and his sense of duty. All right, 7.30 tonight, Sackville Film Society at the Amherst Theatre. Tickets are $10. And let's get the show rolling now. All right, so up next, we have Joe Seeley with Song of Hope.
Hola, soy Diego y estás escuchando CHMA 106.9 en Sackville, New Brunswick. And thank you, Diego, for that lovely introduction there. All right, everyone. That was legendary Canadian jazz musician Joe Seeley with Song of Hope from his groundbreaking album, Africville. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday and welcome back to the late morning show here on CHMA 106.9 FM in Sackville, New Brunswick. The time is 9.29 and you know what time it is. It is time for your book of the week. I will be back on the other side. <laughs> 